Hello, City of Champions, Shane here again, and today I had the pleasure of speaking with my friend, Kaylin Park. Now, Kaylin is a curler, an Olympic hopeful for the 2018 South Korea Games. In fact, Kaylin comes from a lineage of curlers. Both her parents and grandparents were curlers as well. Kaylin and I discussed some really fascinating insight into the sport, what her training regiment looks like, uh, characters in the sport and that competitive fire that may or may not have caused a couple blow-ups on or off the ice at some point in her career. Uh, and we talk about what it means to uh, be chasing an Olympic dream and following in her uh, parents' and grandparents' footsteps. So without further ado, please enjoy my chat with Kaylin Park. That out. If we get for if we start seeing our breasts, then we'll have to shut it down. <laughs> It'll be fine. I did like that's we, why we wore a toque. Exactly, and we both got coats here. Well, I did one here that was when it was still sunny and hot. Yeah. And I turned the AC off, and we were like sweating. We're like, all right, that's enough. We got to get out of here. Yeah. It gets cold quick though. Oh, it's okay. Um. Okay, so let's talk about curling. That's why curling. we're here today. Curling. Why'd you get into curling? Um. So I grew up in a, a curling family. My dad. I started when I was five, like I was practically born in the curling club. So my mom curled, but then she met my dad um, and kind of gave it up after that. Um, but yeah, I was born in, into it, really. So I started when I was five, mm -hmm. and then I just kept curling in my junior league, and then strangely enough, I got picked up by 19-year-olds when I was 12 because they knew my family and mm -hmm. ended up like almost winning a provincial championship at the age of 12 mm -hmm. and then I lost like six in a row and then finally went so it was just like I always had an opportunity and I just got yeah right into it how did the junior ranks work like you get picked up by a team and then you stick with that team or when you're younger do you go with different teams yeah, and experiment you, you kind of do you like I mean you flip flop around a lot so like I had five junior teams when I was in my junior career mm -hmm. um and then Near the end, though, I really had one solid team from while I was skipping for about three or four years that I kind of won most of my stuff with. Right. And then I ended up for my last junior year um, moving on to a different team and playing a completely different position. Yeah. But um, you, you kind of just like are trying to get your the most experience as you can before you go into women's. Right. And you won juniors in 2007? <clears throat> uh, 2007, 2009. Okay. So that would have been what? How old? How old are you in juniors? Is that U twenty? U twenty. Okay. Yeah. So I was like eighteen and twenty. Okay. Yeah. So explain for me, who's a very amateur in my knowledge of curling, yeah. and for a lot of people too, um, what the different positions entail. Sure. So like on your regular four team, four woman team, mm -hmm. um, you got your lead, second, third, and skip. Mm -hmm. um, each position come being completely different from one another. Okay. I currently play second because I'm known to be able to throw a lot of weight. Yeah. Um, so lead, you're more of like a draw, soft shot type of person. Second, you're kind of the cleanup. Um, third, you got to be good at everything, and obviously at skip, you got to be good under pressure. Mm -hmm. So your skip is your go-to. Skip's always last. Yes. Okay, and you're second, <clears throat> so, so you're the power thrower. Yeah, and I throw so I throw rocks number three and four out of eight. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Now I wanted to ask this too, like how important is fitness in curling? Because to the average watcher, you wouldn't really understand. But I think from talking to you before, like you've got a pretty intense fitness regimen. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. I mean. <clears throat> Um, I would say that me and Charlie, my mixed doubles partner, take 
fitness a lot more seriously than anyone not anyone in, in the sport does because it's very serious but we've in the last few years really upped it because we've noticed the level of fitness going up especially after the Olymp- every time there's an olympics fitness just skyrockets because you notice that it's a huge part of the game now so um yeah it's it's incredibly important in curling so i mean what what are you like is it strength is it muscle is it endurance is it your breath like what what are the important factors there and like what physically while you're curling while you're playing the sport Mm -hmm. is taxing sure so in my women's curling like I throw two rocks, but I sweep six of eight. Mm -hmm. So I'm constantly sweeping. If there's ice that you get on and you just have to sweep every rock, you have to be able to do that. And you have to be able to give 100% for that 15 seconds Mm -hmm. that it's going down the ice or whatever it is. So endurance and muscle, muscle endurance, um, and obviously your cardiovascular is huge Mm -hmm. because you have to be putting power in while still being able to breathe. Right. (laughs) So it's... I just, yeah, if anyone wants to go, like, sweep for 15 seconds all out, like, six rocks in a row for 10 ends, it's incredibly difficult. Are, you, are you sore after a match? Yeah, like, so I just got back from the pre-trials in, in Summerside with my women's team, and I, like, my entire right side of my body is, like, it's toast. Yeah. You must have to reset sometimes, too, and, like, rebalance the body because it's so one-sided, right? Yeah, so... Yeah, my right-hand side of my body is a lot different than my left because of sweeping. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it is. And, yeah, my chiropractor is just, what is this? Your body is so messed up. It's a weird thing that you don't think about when mm-hmm. you think of curling. I mean, it is hard on your body. Like, right. my knees are a mess. My, I have a bad hip, bad oh, shoulder. Sh- like, I'm a mess. So you're playing a contact sport It does there. feel like that sometimes. So it is, yeah, and obviously we have programs to be able to balance your body out. Yeah. So Have you tried yoga? No. Joke good. <laughs> I should look into that. Yeah, absolutely. I know the person for you. They're perfect. Uh, um, so, I mean, I mean, depending on, of course, which position you yeah. play, your fitness level varies. Like, there's people play curling and curl until they're 50 or 60, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, what's who's the oldest competitive player in the game right now? Honestly, my skip, like Shannon, she's yeah. 49. Right. She is, and she's still got it. Like, it's insane. And the a lot of a big part of curling is knowing the game Mm -hmm. it's like chess on ice right so there's so many different things that can happen and having experience is a huge part of it Mm -hmm. so just yeah she's she's very very good and it's because she just knows how to curl she's very talented so what does a practice entail um it depends if i'm playing mixed doubles or regular women's curling but i honestly i because i can hit very well i just I throw hundreds of draws. Mm-hmm. I just throw what I'm bad at. So right. for me, I just go out there and I literally try to hit the button as many times as in a row as possible. Right. So how many will you throw before you kind of go to the <clears throat> other side and reset and go the other way? I'll throw 16 down and then 16 back and I just keep going. Oh, okay. Interesting. So you just sort of play, it'd be like practicing pool. You just go in and start banging them around and, and yeah. see what happens, see the different scenarios that yeah. unfold. Okay, that's really interesting. Yeah, and you aim like you have a target. So, yeah, yeah, like you're not just shooting. Is it team practice or solo or both? Um, It depends on the situation. I team practice and I obviously if you're team practicing, there's sweeping involved, line calling involved. Communication is huge. Mm -hmm. Um, But my solo practices, I literally just throw draws. You get in the zone. All day. Do you listen to music? (laughs) 
Um, if there's music out on the ice, yeah, but I don't put headphones in or anything. Is ice difficult to get? Like if you wanted to go practice by yourself for five hours a day, is that really expensive or is it? It is for like the, nor I would say the normal person. It's not, it's not hard for if you're in the Olympic trials and stuff okay. because they cater to you. Gotcha. They want you to be out there. Right. So they make it easy and accessible, which is great. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, it, it has been hard in the past to get ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Summerside, you're with Team Clybrink. Clybrink, that's how you say yeah. it. And you guys didn't didn't come out victorious on no. that one. Unfortunately, that was a pretty rough go. I mean, the system was different this year. It was a it was an unusual thing that we were involved in, which we were playing a tiebreaker at like three in the morning. Yeah. To get into playoffs. Really? Yeah. It was just that's it was weird. unusual, but you know that's what good teams do. It they yeah, no battle excuses. through it. Why did they? Why did you have to play at three in the morning? We almost had a seven-way tie in a seven-team round robin um, to, yeah, determine, like, who was first, second, third in the pool. Mm-hmm. And everyone almost had a three-and-three three record. Mm-hmm. So the way it was, if we would have won our last round robin, ga- rob- round robin game, we would have just gone into the playoffs free and clear mm-hmm. first place. We ended up losing, which sucks. Um, and then there was four other teams tied with us, mm-hmm. and we just got place at the bottom and had to work got, our way up got the worst draw we did oh, yeah that's frustrating so that would have enabled you to then go to the road roar. to the roar roar of the rings roar of next. the rings yes which this was the road deal. to the roar yes it's super confusing but i'm getting it i know I did, a, I did a little bit of research <laughs> beforehand yeah so i mean that's a bummer um it never good when your olympic dream dies mm-hmm in such a short period of time. Yeah. Because you work for four years and then it comes down to one week and you just have to be good that time. Yeah. Throughout this season, as you're playing different tournaments <laughs> and invitationals and whatever whatever mm-hmm. you call them, yeah. is the Olympics always the goal in mind? Or is it just, is it like, yeah, I'll, I'll worry about that in three years from now? Is um, it everything leading up to the Olympics all the time? It, it kind of is now. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Olympics is like, it's the pinnacle of sport. Yeah. Everyone wants to be an Olympian. So you're picking and choosing your schedule based on the points available at the event, the money involved. Um, yeah, you really do think about it from the time you step on the ice in year one mm-hmm. to now where it's happening. Right. And there's no league like like hockey players. They say, you know, you don't grow up dreaming to win an Olympic gold. You grow up to dream you dream growing up to win the stanley cup yeah but that doesn't exist in a lot of sports right no yeah so it is like i mean these grand slams that we have now um we didn't when i was growing up watching curling that wasn't a thing it's the scott tournament of hearts Mm -hmm. is a big deal um that's i would say it's still it's obviously a huge deal but the olympics is is it i mean that's what you want right um now with that being said, you, you're out of the team contention, but you've, yeah. you've got mixed doubles now, which is a new Olympic sport for 2018. Yes. Uh, how long have you been playing mixed doubles? Charlie and I have been playing mixed doubles since 2013. Mm-hmm. So quite a while. I, we're one of the first teams to do this seriously. Yeah. Um, Why we, did you start? <laughs> so I was living with Charlie. We have a very interesting story, okay. Charlie and oh, I. This sounds good. Um, Charlie and I became friends at curling camp when we were like 11 and 12. Mm-hmm. And just like we're best friends ever since. Charlie, I was living at Charlie's house in Calgary at the time. 
and Charlie, I came home from work or something. Anyway, Charlie's watching this like two person curling on the TV. He's got like his computer, his laptop, like all put out into the TV. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> and why are you watching this bad curling on TV? Right. Like it was weird curlers play. Like it just no one, you know, it's mm-hmm. two people like countries that you've never heard of. You're right. like, what is this kind of interesting? And so he's like, I really think we need to try this. He's like, there's a national championship for this. This could be it. This is how we make it. And I'm like, okay, well, let's look it up. So sure enough, we look up this national championship. We enroll, like, Mm -hmm. you could just sign up then. We go and we win every single game, lose the final. And we're like, oh, no, this is terrible. But you want to keep playing. That was back in 2013? Yeah. Yeah. So we're like, okay, well, that's sucky. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Sign. Well, we get invited back as runner-up yeah win the whole thing go to sochi 2014 mm-hmm. play in the olympic venue like so that was the world that would be like the world championships and mixed doubles yeah okay like we so we played in april so it was literally two months after right. the olympics right so it was so crazy to see that like yeah that, it's like a trial run for the olympics it, you're like hey i'm here this is kind of what it's like yeah like this is what it's going to be like this is amazing so that's what we did and um sure enough it got bid into the olympics for this like right after that mm-hmm. um so it was named an olympic sport so charlie and i got completely carded and funded and we got all these opportunities mm-hmm. because we actually put the time into learning it right it's so, completely different so can you double dip between funding from the what do you call it, a four-person team women's women's team and also mixed doubles uh like I, is there funding for both in there separate is funding pockets? for both but to be a carded i think you can only get one. Oh, okay I see. yeah so i don't think you can do that they'd give it to someone else on the mm-hmm. like next up i was also reading that people who uh four player teams that are going to the olympics can't compete in the qualifiers for the mixed doubles right, right? the canad mixed canad ins yeah on january 2nd so yeah if so we have 16 teams named in our trial right now mm-hmm. um and if any one of them were to win the trials mm-hmm. so obviously there are certain teams that charlie and i are rooting for in this because it would take out a lot of the teams in the mixed doubles trials. oh i see so right now there's 18 mixed doubles teams yes set up yes so anyone who makes the national team for fours yes cannot can, cannot go in mixed doubles oh okay. yeah so let's say uh rachel holman's team and Brad Gushu's team, mm-hmm. which are two great picks for the Olympic trials, yeah. win and go as fours. They that that's eight mixed doubles teams that can't. They have to pick up a new player, or they're not going to be in it. Right, eight because each one of those people has, has a, their own team. Yes. Oh, they wouldn't also be on the same yeah. team with each other. Right. Why not? If they're all like that good. Well, well, they do. So like Rachel plays with John Morris. Mm-hmm. Um, Brad Gushy plays with Val Sweeting. So they all have great teammates, but they're on opposite. They're not on the same team as the other. Oh, okay. So I see like, what you're saying. Charlie and I have looked at this. Yeah. <laughs> You've got your bracket <laughs> yeah. set up, like you know what to go Yeah, on. I'm like, this is... <laughs> yeah. And so he, not he, saying like we're ready to play whoever, mm-hmm. but it would... <laughs> It never helps if like things work your way. You know? Yeah, of course. Miracles Same. need to happen in order to go to the Olympics for anyone. Right, exactly. Same with any sport. Any sport. Any, things you know, need to play Playoff bracket, you get an easy draw <laughs> or something yeah. like that. So how different are the two games between standard and mixed doubles? Incredibly different. Okay. And people are just starting to realize that. Like our head coach is Jeff Stoughton. And until he kind of started to play it himself and 
get right in there. He, I don't think he even realized how different it was. Like, it is so different. Okay. The, like, you only throw five stones. Okay. So I throw number one and five, and Charlie throws the middle three. Mm-hmm. And a rock is placed depending on if you have hammer or not. Okay. At the beginning of each end. Yeah. It's very odd. And then there's power plays involved. Power plays? Yeah, you can move the rocks to the side. What? <laughs> yeah. One per game when you have hammer. Okay. Like, it's to try to generate teams? multiple points. Okay. Yeah, so both rocks are moved to the side. Oh, okay. Yeah. Holy, that's it's confusing. crazy. So who started playing this? Who was the first team that said, we're just going to play with two? It honestly started in Europe. Yeah. Because um, those t- like those countries are great at curling, but mm-hmm. they can't always get a four-person team together. Right. So like you have teams like Turkey playing in our championships, <laughs> Israel, um, really? Kazakhstan. Cool. Like These teams that are actually coming out and playing mm-hmm. very well because that's all they do it's they're committed they're committed to mixed doubles yeah and they want to be olympians so they kind of choose the uh the road less traveled yeah it's like skeleton right that is yeah <sighs> like pick something strange and just get really good at it that's awesome that's a, that's such a cool route to go and and the timings obviously worked really well for you yeah going into pyeongchang yes right um so how do you place your chances do you think you've got pretty good i mean Anything can happen at any given time. Mm -hmm. Charlie and I have been amazing at times, and we've been very terrible. Mm -hmm. It happens all the time, but we're just, um, we've completely arranged our lives to be able to, like, focus 110% on this. And Mm -hmm. we're working very hard every day. Mm -hmm. Like, there's not a day that we're not working at something to try and make it better. So we're just going in with the attitude that we've done all we can at this point, Mm -hmm. and whatever is going to happen is going to happen. But I do like our chances. We've beat all these teams before. Really? That's got to go a long way. It does. Just knowing that and the confidence knowing it, Mm -hmm. um, that you can beat them, right? How how big is the mental factor in curling? Huge. Yeah? Like, I've spent a lot of time just sitting in a cold hockey rink thinking, like, to myself or in my own head, like, what are you going to do when you get a chance to win the trials? Like, Mm -hmm. I have to throw that shot. Mm -hmm. So it could be the easiest shot in the world, but I don't know what that's going to feel like because it's never happened before. Right. So a lot of I vis- work a lot with, of visualization. Yeah, I work with sports psychologists and stuff because no I just don't know. So what do they tell you? Um, you have to p- physically put yourself in that situation. Like visualization is a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. Meditating. Um, I use Headspace, mm-hmm. the app and stuff, because yeah. you just there's nothing else you can do because you can't replicate it. Mm-hmm. Like you can't tell yourself like in practice lots of the time before I'll leave I'll have to like put two right on the pinhole before I can leave because I I put myself there I'm like okay if you make the shot you win kind of thing and you're not right. leaving until you, you do it yeah and you find that's an effective way of doing it like do you when you get into that position you're like I've done this a million times in practice before yeah, yeah. and it's just about everything so like everything has to remain consistent you have mm-hmm. to like slow down your breathing you have to like just put yourself in the present you mm-hmm. have to do everything the exact same What's the dynamic between you and Charlie out there like when, you're, when you're competing? Some people think we're just very interesting. Like, it, it's like brother and sister, so we can snap. And we've been working on eliminating what we call a barnyard explosion out there. Because, <laughs> because we have had some very big blow-ups with each other because it gets tense. Like, there's only two of you doing the job of four people usually. Mm-hmm. And you're both trying so hard, but you don't know 
like Charlie and I aren't great at knowing what the other person always is looking to hear. Mm-hmm. And that's the challenge. Right. But then you think back and you're like, there's husbands and wives that do this. So yeah. we can do this. Yeah, I was reading an article about that. It's, it's saying that there's several out there. Yeah. Husband-wife teams and that it, it's a good way to test a marriage, I guess. Right? Yeah. Like Jen and Brent. <coughs> um, Jen Jones, Brent Lang do it. Dawn mm-hmm. McE- and Mike McEwen. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a weird dynamic, I think. But they're good enough curlers that obviously it's going to work. Yeah. I, what struck me is like is that not bringing work and home life like way too oh, yeah. close together I would say so but I mean Charlie and I like live in the same place too yeah <laughs> so sometimes you're just okay I need a break yeah you. for sure oh yeah for sure but I mean if you're going to be comfortable with one another then then that's you know that's going to make you better teammates at the end of the day right yeah and I mean at at the end of the day too, if Charlie and I, everyone knows that Charlie and I love mixed doubles. And this is like what we've been trying to work for for so long. Like we put everything into it. It would be a very special experience to win it with Charlie. Mm-hmm. I mean, winning it with your best friend. I don't even know what that would feel like, right? right? You can't think about it, so. If you could only pick one route to go, cause right now you can kind of do both, right? Yeah. And if, had you say, let's say you had made the Olympics for a four man team, four woman team, would you have then forgone the mixed doubles? You have to. Yeah. I mean, I would expect Charlie to do the same thing because he was also at the Road to the Roar. Right. Um, winning a women's championship or a men's championship is a huge—it's a huge deal, mm-hmm. and it still will always be like a very big goal. Okay, so that's the top goal. Right now, it is. Yeah. I think mixed doubles will get bigger. Mm-hmm. Obviously, for Charlie and I now, that is the only goal um, going forward. Like I haven't even thought about what's going to happen in the years to come like mm-hmm. who knows what's going to happen but there's more win- more money to be won on the mixed doubles side now too oh. so it's actually equaling out yeah so and i think you'll see lots of people now shift to just focusing on the one right was there was there a um a trial run in any in the past olympics like in 2014 did they have it as a trial sport no it wasn't um charlie and i like i would say that us going to Sochi would have been kind of the the demonstration of the t- at that time. Gotcha. Um, we also played in a couple things that I'm pretty sure that the IOC was looking in on. Um, we played in this international tournament down in New Zealand mm-hmm. with all of like the Olympic kind of qualified teams. Yeah. Um, just to see like what it's like, how exciting it is, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's so good. silver in that. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that trip. Well, that's an interesting place to go to curl. Mm-hmm. Naseby, New Zealand. There's about 60 people that live in this town. <laughs> um, we went in. We went after we won um, to go to Sochi as well and won the tournament that year. Mm-hmm. So then we got invited back as defending champions and lost to Estonia in the final. We were really hoping to, to win that tournament because yeah. that's that's who you're going to be playing at the Olympics, basically. You went 7-0 and yes. or 8-0 before the final. Yeah. And then bombed it. And then had a rough go. We down, had a rough down go. five one, caught up, yeah. took the lead six five. <laughs> I know. And then lost they scored a deuce in the final frame. Yeah, so that sucked. I mean, but at the end of the day, like we did pretty good to get there. Mm-hmm. And we did a lot better than the last time we were there, even though we won the tournament. But right. yeah, we could, we just found out how much stronger we are now. Yeah. Basically. Gave you more confidence. Yeah. I mean, you lose finals all the time. Like, it just happens. It's something you just can't really think about. Mm-hmm. To get back in the game after 5-1 yeah. is pretty good. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. 
Um, so how how random is the sport of curling? Like when you're playing, do the same teams come out on top? You know, nine times out of ten, kind of thing. Or it's pretty consistent. Yeah. I mean, you see Jennifer Jones, um, Rachel Holman, Val Sweeting. You see these big names in women's and men's. Kevin Cooey. Mm-hmm. You know, John Morris, like you see the big names coming out on top all the time. Um, it's also because they're playing in those tournaments every weekend. Right. So you're going to see similar names. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with like the B slams, like the tier twos, you'll start to see that change. Like in the future, in the next four years, I think you'll see younger teams coming out. But for now, it's, yeah, definitely consistent every weekend. And what can you do to improve and to get better? You just have to play. You have to commit everything to it and just play. Mm-hmm. Like you have to realize you're not going to be a millionaire overnight in curling, but it is possible to make a very good living doing it if yeah. you're just persistent. Mm-hmm. Like it's you have to really love the sport of curling to do it as much as we do it. Yeah. Like when you see these people curling on TV every weekend, it is a huge commitment. You're on the ice for hours. You're away from your family. We're traveling. We're on a plane every three days. Mm-hmm. Like it's huge. And that was just the environment you were raised in with your, your yeah. dad. And do you have siblings that play as well? No, I have a brother, but he doesn't. He's no. like a big sports fan guy. He, yeah. He's a sports analyst, actually. Oh, okay. He does statistics and stuff. Did you ever get him to uh, analyze your, your games, see what I, you're doing? Honestly, I'm like, are people betting on our curling games? Like, I think people can. Like, he yeah. does the numbers and stuff. So What do you yeah. say? Um, he didn't say much. People bet on anything. <laughs> anything. I'm sure there's somewhere out there that's betting on curling. Oh, yeah. It's an underground sure. curling bet ring <laughs> yeah. society, right? I think so. It's weird. Um, so, you guys, did your, your mom played and your dad played. Your brother doesn't play. Yeah. So, family gatherings around Christmas time, you guys all hit in the, uh, the rink to go throw some stones? Or uh, how does that work? No, I mean, we curl enough. You don't need to be doing it at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. But um, I just grew up around them. Definitely, my grandparents curled forever. Yeah. I, I don't know know when they they probably just stopped like last year seriously oh yeah and so then, they had like a seniors league that they yeah called in? yeah and that's then, amazing good for them it was crazy and yeah. i used to spare with them and stuff <laughs> and then my uncles like so my dad has three brothers so obviously four people makes a curling team mm-hmm. so my dad and his three brothers curled right <laughs> and that was interesting they're very well known for their antics it's such an interesting sport like there's there's a lot of characters it seems in it yeah definitely and people just don't realize like it's crazy like people get really fired up out there yeah so a lot of broom slamming broom breaking has there been anything um insane that's happened any like blow-ups or controversies or or uh, incidences when the brooms, uh, did you hear about the broom situation in the last few years? No. So everyone found out that the brooms that we were using actually were scraping the ice and causing the rock to do crazy things. Okay. Like you could just lob a rock out there and guide it right into wherever you wanted to by the way you were sweeping. Did you say the brooms you were using? Like Everyone. What? Everyone. And oh, okay. I don't know who figured it out exactly, Yeah. but it's called directional sweeping. So you could literally just sweep a rock it didn't matter how you threw it you could right. just sweep it and lob it in there interesting and, and so this was a strategy teams were using everyone yes. knew about it no one talked about it yeah until people found it like it was a huge disadvantage for these teams like ben hebert is a very strong sweeper he played with kevin martin for years he's on mm-hmm. kevin Cooey's team he was so good at this directional sweeping like 
they were unbeatable yeah because of these brooms so um they all like rallied against these brooms so now the world curling federation has eliminated every broom head except for the ones that everyone has to use so right. every single person that you see on the ice is mm-hmm. using the same broom okay yeah the fabric is all the same so what was different about these ones they had like a coating on them Mm -hmm. and it would like actually like scratch like leave permanent scratches into the ice surface and how long is this going on and hair brooms you can't sweep with those those are lethal lethal they're so crazy what do you mean lethal like you could literally just stop a rock wherever you wanted it to okay but isn't that part of the game isn't that strategy No. Doesn't it take skill to be able to directionally sweep? But it takes away from the skill of the thrower because you didn't actually have to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was crazy. The women, obviously, they could do it, but mm-hmm. power and, like, strength and how much weight you had on the broom was a big yeah. part of it. See, I wonder where the line is drawn because, like, what about different gear in other sports? Like, what about hockey sticks? I know. What about skates? You know, what about a bobsled? What about a skeleton? Like, like where's the line? I think, yeah, and I think that was a huge part of this whole whole thing but it's just in those certain things like no matter what you do you're not ever going to get this drastic difference Mm -hmm. like it it was pretty unfair and i actually i prefer it now again it just like you're throwing with skill right and so that's the whole point of curling is you're supposed to practice your you know your art and like you're supposed to be able to just put it on the button as a thrower and shouldn't just like use a broom to get to stop it there so the sweeper is really only meant to enhance the throw that you've already thrown yeah okay that makes sense well and you can make a shot with sweeping still like definitely if you're not sweeping then you're not going to make it as much like you see the percentages in men's and women's a lot greater than in mixed doubles because you only have one sweeper so sweeping does a lot right but it shouldn't be the only thing that determines Right. You can make you can a shot. Make. You can make a shot without sweeping, but you can't make a shot without throwing. Yeah, exactly. That's right. a very good way to put it. So it's fair now, mm-hmm. and I like that. Okay. So. So what's leading up to uh, the January tournament? Any other events before then? Um, no, actually. So Charlie's fifth man for John Epping at the Roar of the Rings. What's fifth man? Just like a um, sub? Yeah, a sub. Just okay. in case anyone gets sick. Yeah. Um, so Charlie will be there for the the trials. I'm going to just be, we're going to be practicing every single day yeah. um, and training. So we go to the gym for a few hours and then leave the gym and it's right out the front, like right out the door and we go out onto the ice and practice. A few hours? So between training and, and practicing, how long does, how much time does curling take up in your day? Anywhere up to six hours. <laughs> so I'm literally like, that's the thing is I'm working like two job, two full-time jobs right. basically. Yeah. Yeah, so it's crazy. But if you love it, I mean, that's it's, it just, what, what else would you do, right? Yeah, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to do it any other way. Yeah. yeah. Have you put any thought into what you might do when you stop curling? Um, I co- did some commentary at the Mixed Doubles Worlds last oh, year. Okay, I really, really like that. So yeah. I don't know yet. I have all this, like I have some deferred tuition through mm-hmm. my funding. I might go back and do something else with school. I honestly haven't thought about it yet. Right. So I don't like thinking about it. Curling is yeah. interesting where you don't, it's the same with any sport. You give up your life and then you're expected to figure it out. So Yeah. Are there any characters in the sport like uh, like a John Daly or like a Johnny McEnroe? Like anyone who like is just famous for their blow-ups? Yeah, I would honestly say like there's a, a few. Um, like my family used to have those blow-ups. <laughs> like <laughs> they're very well known for them and... 
yeah, like my uncle Shane and my dad, like they're known for some of the funniest blow-ups out on the ice. What did they do? Like my uncle Shane has just like walked off. Yeah. Like completely walked off, thrown his broom, walked off. <laughs> they like just disagree on something and they're like, okay, well then why are we playing shake hands? <laughs> like you never know what's going to happen out there. I like the intensity though. Oh, it's crazy. But then like, my dad's not like that so it's very funny it's just him and his brother like that combination is uh could blow up at any time and do you have that fire in you have you ever seen red or or? when i was in juniors like i was brutal i don't know how anyone wanted to play with me but i was winning at the time so i feel like that's the only way i got a team Mm -hmm. i was bad i had a really bad attitude and recent in the last like few years i just don't have I don't have that in me anymore mm-hmm. I'm I'm very much the opposite what changed did you get humbled along the way or? yeah you you get very humbled like you are not good like you're a curler in the grand scheme of things mm-hmm. you need to work harder and you need to realize like if you want to make it you can't have that attitude right so it's crazy to think about like how I've developed over the years but that's like any sport it makes you a better person too off the ice yeah like I think that's what's fascinating to me about sports is that how they all teach you to be a better person just against that backdrop of whatever sport it is, right? Like, you know, sports gives us so much as we're growing up, teach us, you know, hard work, the value of losing, learning, Mm -hmm. you know, being cooperative and all that stuff. And, and it's just neat to see that applies across every sport in just different ways. Totally. Like sports will never lie to you. Like. (laughs) Yeah, you, if you you're suck, good you or suck, you're bad. Right? I mean, yeah, you didn't work hard enough or you did. Like, there's no, it's, it's not going to fake anything, mm-hmm. right? So it's pretty interesting. Has quitting ever come across your mind? Yeah. Oh, definitely. For sure. There's been times where I say, like, why am I even bothering? Mm-hmm. But then something happens and I'm like, I got to keep doing this. Right. Where <laughs> do you get that drive to, to push through that? <clears throat> um. Charlie's motivating, like mm-hmm. being around Charlie and like knowing that we have this goal as a team is very motivating. I also like think about back when I was like five, six, I, like I had this journal that I kept writing in and it just said, just don't stop until you go to the Olympics. Yeah. And you're thinking like, I have to do this for myself. I've been thinking about age? this since I was five, That's six, seven, eight, mm-hmm. like till I was 12, I wrote in this thing mm-hmm. and I wrote it every day. Like, I've been thinking about this for a very long time. Yeah. So. Did your dad ever go to the Olympics? Yeah, in 92, like Albertville, France, with Kevin Martin. It was the first ever year that it was in the Olympics. It was was a demonstration. Demonstration, right? And then 98 in Japan was when it was an official one, right? Yeah. So is there a competitive drive to outdo him at all? or I don't think I ever could. I mean, he's won so much. Mm -hmm. Like, by this time in his career, he had won... Like yeah. with Kevin Martin, they had won at yeah. everything. But never in Olympics. Never in Olympics. So yeah, you've got that's that, true. You got that shot, right? I could, I could. Like if I did that, like he'd be more happy than any anyone. I yeah. think for me, absolutely. It's, it's like getting de- dethroned by your protege, yeah. right? It's Gretzky always says, if McDavid breaks any of my records, I'll be thrilled. Like that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. But until then, the best. I'm the best. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's what my dad's probably thinking. Like unless she gets this gold medal, like mm-hmm. I'm the best in the family. <laughs> so he still is so yeah no it's it's motivating like to see your dad do that for so long too and then you're like i need to do this because that looks so fun (laughs) yeah exactly yeah um well you know i wish you the best thanks you know you certainly seem to have the uh 
the drive and intensity and I don't know what these other teams are like but uh, but uh, we'll all be cheering for you and thanks and uh, you know watching you on the road to Pyeongchang thank you you were just in Korea weren't you no No. that was I was in Finland Finland oh how is Finland amazing yeah yeah we went to this random little island Oland Islands is what it's called okay two sheet club yeah and we yeah we played Korea in the final though Mm -hmm. yeah so traveling must be one of the best parts yeah I love it I've seen so many parts of the world what's your favorite place I loved um tough like switzerland is very cool yeah i loved istanbul like hmm. it was wild yeah charlie actually broke his leg in sochi and had to get an operation <laughs> in turkey seriously so i had a couple days there yeah to explore does charlie live here in he lives yeah okay. part like half in calgary half here right but we've basically both moved to edmonton to train yeah that's yeah. good yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. thanks for coming by. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank we're you. We're not seeing our breath yet, so that's good. No, we're good. All right, we'll see you, Kayla. See ya. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Don't forget to subscribe so you can hear these conversations weekly with amazing people that I dig up. And if you liked what you heard today, please give me a rating. Let me know how you felt, what I could do better. I value your input. Take care.